As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! And time, and time again. Break up the music. Charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. A never-before-heard commentator intonation. The definitive Popmaster Football small talk. Sky Sports reporter Patrick Davison's secret second job. A 21-foot-tall defence. Jonathan Pierce's fitting tribute to highly rated clergyman Desmond Tutu. When exactly can you have one foot in the next round of the FA Cup? Second-tier American wrestling event stealing our words. When isn't the right time for a wonder goal? Bruno Large's ZX Spectrum. And the greatest Twitter reply to an official club statement ever. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 126 of the Football Clichés podcast. I am Adam Hurry and with me first of all is Charlie Eccleshare. A magical weekend of the FA Cup, would you say? I mean, I normally feel pretty much that an unarguable position to take is that the FA Cup does have tons of amazing moments. But maybe, you know, the fact that a lot of clubs do rest everyone makes it ever so slightly less magical than normal. But this was higher on the magic stakes given there were a number of upsets and some quite exciting ones at that yeah it was a good it was a good weekend for the magic of the fa cup but it was an even better weekend charlie for talking about the magic of the fa cup fa cup what is it about it that's so special in particular uh jermaine the third round oh it's just the magic isn't it what is it about this competition that makes it so special you know as i say growing up when i was a kid the whole family around the tv there's nothing quite like the third round of the fa cup with 72 places separating the two sides. The atmosphere tonight, this is what the FA Cup's all about. And it is a competition steeped in the history of both these clubs. This is what it's all about, really, the third round. We've had some brilliant games already so far. What's the big thing? Enjoy it? 
enjoy it, smile in the face and have a right go. All the elements there, Charlie, I think. <laughs> Very satisfying, yeah. The, the the gap between the two teams, an absolute staple. Yeah, I mean, but this has long been a thing that the for a competition so magical, I don't mm. think you should need to talk about its magic quite so much. It should just sort of be self-evident rather than yeah. having to have the magic rammed down our throats. I just, I just think autopilot now, isn't it? I don't think we're far away from the FA officially branding it the magical FA Cup. There was something like that. I think ITV or someone, it, it billed it like the magic of the famous cup with FA written in like... Yeah, which was kind of... But that was almost like its tagline for the competition, which would flash up every game, even if it was a kind of fifth round between Blackburn and Everton. That, you still got yeah. the magic of the famous cup at the start. And I think like there's a huge thing that's like people conflate the experience of sitting down and watching the FA Cup final, you know, in through the 60s, 70s, 80s, into the 90s, whatever, when it was obviously a huge deal at some point, the only thing on TV, blah, 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 with like the, the rest of the tour, rest of the competition. But who, I don't know who that was in the middle there. It went, yeah, of Shouldn't course. Shouldn't talk about the final. All the, fam- yeah, all the family sitting given, around the TV together. Yeah. Were they all sitting around the TV mm-hmm. together to watch the third round in 1974? No. How well, old is Jay <laughs> well, the third round, the third round though, does have a particularly special folklore oh, place, doesn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. Ronnie Radford and all that. There, Charlie, there's something about the third round of the FA Cup, isn't there, Charlie? It's the most. Ma- I think it's the most magical. The, <laughs> yeah. the FA Cup final is, is less magical than the third round. Is the peak magic? Stage <laughs> I thought you were just. I thought you were going to say it's the most wonderful <laughs> <Magical> time, time. <laughs> of the cup competition. Uh, anyway, the other voice you obviously can hear is David Walker. Hello to you, by the way. Hello. As if the third round weekend wasn't magical enough, there could have been even more magic had Morecambe held on against Spurs. Mm. But that didn't, nevertheless, deny us a wonderful audio treat, which is the noise of an away goal with no commentary. That delay. Mm. Is there a finer delay in the world of noise? <laughs> in the world of magic than that. It's it's perfect, isn't it? Because the fans are obviously at the other magic. end, the other end of the stadium. So mm. there is that sort of slight moment where you you're sort of looking for the net, aren't you? You're looking for the net to, to bulge. Why do we get the delay? Surely they can see the ball going in. No, but I just think. It's different because you, because of the distance and it's a set piece. So it's a crowded, it's a crowded area and mm. the ball's you know the ball's gone in quite low. It was a, it wasn't a header either, was it? It was a, it was a, no, a, a volley. sort of a volley. So I think there is that just very split second of oh, it's gone in. Also with this goal and my view wasn't that dissimilar from the away end. It was kind mm. of around halfway, but towards um, the away supporters. They, the, the ball's long enough in the air that I was able to say like, oh god, like you could. There, there was a moment when it drops and you're like. They're actually going to score here. So mm. I wonder if there was that slight, there's that delay and then you, um, it's like the vow, the pressure vow has been released. Who knows? Who knows? Um, not sure about the technological setup of the microphones. It's on Hotspur Stadium, but that may well explain it. Anyway, introductions are over. Let's get into the adjudication panel. I have been waiting the best part of a week to share this with you and everybody else. Um, the Athletics' Kieran Devlin said this to me. He said he was watching highlights of Juventus' Napoli last week and there was a commentary moment that he'd never heard anywhere else before and it was it was almost unsettling, he said. I want to I set this up even more. It, it, what we're talking about is a very, very specific element of football commentary, Dave and Charlie. It is the moment that the player shoots from about 22 yards or so 
a presentable opportunity, but not a clear-cut chance. Nothing that a commentator could build up to necessarily. So you couldn't really give it a, a big build-up. It's more of a snapshot situation. So, and I know what, I, I, I'm pretty sure you both know what I'm talking about here. So before we listen to the clip, I want you both to have a go at what innately, in your head, you think, what method you think you would go for. Dave, I want you to go first. This is Bruno Fernandes shooting from 22 yards. You're the commentator. What do you shout? Give it everything. Fernandez. Interesting. So you go surname, and then it's sort of, and it's sort of rising inflection, and then just waiting to see what happens. Charlie, you get Harry Kane with a snapshot from twenty-two yards. What are you going for? And it drops for Kane. Oh, oh, you didn't go full name. Interesting, interesting. But yet again, a nice delivery. You know, the intonation implies that you're waiting to see what happens. <laughs> Here. <laughs> From the Serie A highlights of Juventus versus Napoli is uh, Federico Chiesa shooting from distance. <laughs> so intrigued by what this is going to be. Chiesa with space to run into. Dembe trying to close him off. Federico Chiesa gets the shot away. And that time Ospina <laughs> flung himself to his right. <laughs> Can we hear it again, please? <laughs> Chiesa with space to run into. Dembe trying to close him off. Federico Chiesa gets the shot away. It's <laughs> beautiful. This sounds exactly like the song in Les Mis. The uh, da 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 gets the shot away. It's exactly it that same delivery. I knew there would be something musical about it. <laughs> Master of the house gets the shot away. I really like it, but it also really it was so echo share of it. There's really echo share about it. Gets the shot away. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> It does sound like something I might say if I was kind of singing nonsensically to myself, as I quite often do. Um, yeah, fair play to him. What, I mean, um, how has he how has he come up with that? Is it is it caught him by surprise that much? Because it doesn't know. sound premeditated, I does don't it? Know. It sounds to me like it might be an off-tube commentary, right? So he's watching it uh, on the screen and commentating, and the it is one of those which looks like it's gone in. For a split mm. oh, second, yeah, a side netting situation, and then it yeah. goes past. Yeah, obviously, and it goes past behind the goal. So I think he. Yeah, I mean, it was just that that split moment where he was about, to, he thought it was in and then had to, like, put the handbrake on. People yeah, that would explain note, it. People listening will note that I'm not making any sort of value judgment on this because it's thrown into question, Charlie. What should, what kind of tone of voice should we have when a player shoots from distance? Why should we say Harry Kane <laughs> or Fernandez? And it's Bruno Fernandez. That's the kind of Drurian effect. They kind of went, and it's Bruno Fernandez, which is more yeah, kind of definitive. It's. It, yeah, it, it is a problem because it must one of the I mean of the many many difficult aspects of being a commentator. I imagine you know you don't want to do you hedge your bets like but you you've got it in the back of your mind that if if someone's going to score a spectacular goal, particularly if it's a player like mm, Fernandez yeah. or Chiesa or Kane who could do it, you want you want you want to be there when it happens. Hmm. I just have never heard anything like that before in my entire <laughs> life. It's so good, it's so good. Um, it anyway. might, you're right there, Dave. He, it must be a case of getting in a muddle. Because surely, yeah, you would go with it and gets the shot away or something like that. But he <laughs> he must get confused halfway through. And, and it's like when you're when you're playing football and you kind of just you're, you're gonna launch it and then you decide, oh actually I'll go for a softer one and you end up just like tapping it or completely miscuing it. It's kind of like the, the commentary equivalent of that. Yeah, good point. Nice logic. It's caught in nice. two minds. Yeah. Anyway, nice to get the adjudication panel underway. <laughs> um, let's return to some Get more underway. more familiar territory for us. Um, 
We've done um, football small talk on Popmaster many times on this podcast now, Dave. Um, this is from Dan Bonington and Tony Coffey, who have sent over, I think, perhaps the most definitive offering of football small talk on Popmaster. You like your football, I believe. I do. I support Sunderland for my sins. <laughs> right, what are you about? I'm sure you've seen them through good and bad over the years. They certainly, certainly have. It's more bad than good. But we, hopefully this season, this is it. This is the season. It's always the year. It's always the year that's coming, isn't it? Right. It is, yes, it is. And uh, you keep yourself quite healthy too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't edit that last bit out because I thought, nice, nice sort of um, moving it on. But more bad than good was literally verbatim what I was hoping he would say next. (laughs) David does actually have all the ingredients you could possibly want. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I feel Sunderland are just right bang in the sweet spot for that as well, aren't they? (laughs) There couldn't be a better club than Sunderland for this. Yeah, for for your sins, Sunderland are actually, that is an appropriate club for your sins. (laughs) Good. I I fear for all future clips from Popmaster football small talk because I don't think we're ever going to top that it really was all the boxes ticked on to more troubling scenes now watching the football coverage this weekend during an advert break it was an advert for hotels.com and then the voiceover seems so familiar to me let's hear it what's the easiest way to live like royalty do you just storm a castle using tried and tested methods because they're probably still good right (laughs) nah that seems ineffective just book something fancy on Hotels.com. You'll even get rewarded for your stay. Hotels.com. It's that easy. I took instantly to Twitter with this one, Charlie, because I wanted to kind of sanity check this, because I knew as long as one other person agreed with me, I knew I'd cracked it. But three people came back and said, indeed, it sounds like Sky's Patrick Davison. It really sounds like Sky's Patrick Davison. It does. Do, do, and do you know if it is him? The man himself has denied it. Oh, but really? I, I just, I'm just not sure. Let's first of all, let's hear the real Patrick Davison asking one of his typical kind of post or pre-match questions to a manager. Where do you go from here, Ralph? Where do you go to begin seeing some progress? Mm. Definitely okay, similar. Definitely similar. Yeah. yeah. You need to hear them both together, really. Ralph, where do you go to live like royalty? Is <laughs> 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 <Is> it? <laughs> He's been rumbled, he's doing extra work on the side, and he didn't yeah, want anybody th- to know. Do you think he denied it because he's not allowed, He's um, it's like footballers who aren't allowed to ski or whatever in their spare <laughs> yeah. time. He's, he's, not, he's not allowed to do uh, Stefan Schwartz going into space, gigs. doing adverts for Hotels.com. Honestly, despite the flat-out denial from the man himself, I refuse to believe it is not him 100%. Did stuff. he take to Twitter to use the sort of footballing vernacular to deny this like mm. how, what, in what format did he deny it he, re- he replied on Twitter oh so he okay. did take to Twitter it wish it was it wasn't sources close to Patrick Davison's <laughs> understand yeah. little text from Shreves he's going no no we're not allowed we're not allowed to do that yeah the mystery rumbles on with that one great scenes from the FA Cup but not the, not the traditional ones that people will be accustomed to there's more under the bonnet stuff here James Stewart says I've heard the classic combined age stat for defences before but hearing the Boreham Wood manager Luke Garrett's take about his defence was a new one for me. Let's hear it. Yeah, they threw everything at it. We're good. We're good defensively. We're um, we're really organised. We're really really well drilled. They put balls in the box. It's our strength. We've got Dave Stevens, Jammer, and Will, Will Evans at a combined height of 21 foot. So, yeah, we we don't mind balls coming in the box. We get good first contacts. I mean, <laughs> unless they're standing on each other's shoulders. 
that's the only thing I, that's the scenario I can think of. Which, you know, as we've covered with goalkeepers on this podcast before, that's not necessarily an advantageous thing to do, Charlie. It's, it's, it is weird that you know... I mean, obviously, that he's, uh, <laughs> he's either exaggerating for effect or really muddled his numbers, but it is surprising. You, you do rarely hear a combined... Um, if you did have, like, a, a six-foot-four and a six-foot-five, you don't really hear that, you know... With a combined twelve foot nine centre back pair. Let's be real, Charlie. It's about as viable a thing to do as combining a defence's age, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's nothing more ludicrous about one or the other. It's just that we're used to we're used to the age thing. But yeah, I mean, Dave, if if a manager is going to be this precise about this sort of thing, get your numbers right. Yeah. Because I've added up the combined height. I mean, they can't all be back seven three. seven feet tall, can they? What? Uh, what? Eighteen foot seven. A mere eighteen foot seven. Oh, so he's talking about three. It's a back three. Okay, yeah. So he's not mm. as far off of us as I was. Th- I, I thought it was almost like a jokey, you know, oh, they're right. ten and a half feet oh, as they right. would have been for, for it to be accurate. You thought it was a centre-back pairing. Oh, Unless okay. he's, uh, he's not talking about a back four and he's omitted a name, is he? <laughs> no, I double-checked on the BBC highlights. They played a back three. Okay. Um, and even that, that would be too small, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're, if you're talking about a back four, if they're all six-footers, that's 24 foot, so... Mm. A back four with a combined height of 21 foot. You're looking that's, at... That's quite small. Five foot two, five foot three, right? So that's, that's a back four of Jose Dominguez. <laughs> <laughs> what a player he was. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Effortless. Seamless. Now, very few people spotted that, but delighted for James Stewart sending out a win. Uh, approximately 408,000 people spotted this one, though. This is now officially national treasure... Jonathan Pierce welcoming the fact that it was Hull 2, Everton 2. Well, it's a commentary line I've used a number of times in my career, and I hope you don't mind if I use it at this moment, because it's quite fitting, I believe. The scoreline's gone Archbishop Desmond, 2 2. <laughs> <laughs> and here is Deshaun Bernard to get it away. <laughs> Just to clarify, he carried on carrying on taking after that. Now, Charlie, there, obviously there was an element of playfulness about this, as Jonathan Pierce has always been wont to do. But the tone was also kind of, kind of heavily suggested that Jermaine Genus next to him was expected to kind of solemnly bow his head for a moment after. There, there was a real kind <laughs> well, maybe of maybe he did. He didn't say anything. <laughs> there was a little <laughs> chuckle. There was an almost imperceptible chuckle from Genus. That was it. Well, was it, was he, I mean, was Pierce almost suggesting there's kind of an added poignancy given the recent death of Desmond Tutu? Because this is pro- this say is, probably, it's probably the first time it's been said in commentary since his passing. So maybe it was a kind of look and <sighs> this is, this is tough for me to say, but I am contractually obliged to say. For the very last time, one more time, I can say this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah has it been retired now? It's sort of disrespectful. I mean, I think you hear it more in relation to degrees than you do um, football scorelines. Mm. I don't think I have heard Jonathan Pierce very often saying that, but maybe, maybe I've just missed it. It's very Soccer Saturday. It also feels like, how long ago did he die? It's not like, it wasn't like the day before. Ago. Yeah, it feels like slightly outside the window of, of right, yeah. topical relevance. Well, <laughs> you say that. You say that, David Walker. But in saying that, you are glossing over, and I quote, Desmond Tutu's monumental impact on the city of Hull. According to the Hull Daily Mail, he visited Hull no fewer than four times right. in his life. He's got the freedom of Hull. Wow. The freedom of the city. He was, um, he was awarded that in 1987, I believe. What for? Just for, for, just for being him? Yeah, not, yeah. Not for anything oh, specifically Hull-related. All his fine work. Right, uh, yeah. He's got an honorary degree from the University of Hull. And do we, do we think Jonathan Pierce was making all these calculations in his head? I hope so. I hope so. 
I wouldn't put it past him having it in his commentary notes. Hopefully the honorary degree was a 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> can you get? They all, I mean, what, yeah, can you, you get about what you did on? <laughs> that would be a real damning with faint praise. We're giving you an honorary degree. It is a Desmond, I'm afraid. That's, that's, that's sort of where we're ranking you. No, it should happen. It should happen for when, like, I don't know, like Michael Owen gets an honorary degree from Oxford for services to football or whatever. It's like, that should be like a 2-2, shouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Sometimes, where, yeah, it's very tenuous. Um, yeah, they should grade them. They should. Should. Shouldn't just get them. Well done, Jonathan Pierce. National treasure status awaits. Yeah, out of interest, who for you guys, I've got one in my head, comes to mind first when you think of honorary degree? Football manager Steve Bruce, something like that. Weird. Well, mine's Steve McLaren, weirdly. <laughs> I think. <laughs> just because I think it was the first time I was ever made aware of this concept, and I found it. I just thought this is quite weird. Why? Why is Steve McLaren getting a degree? Is it from the university that they that they were sort of live near or works near? Who, who I gives it to- out? I seem to remember that was from the University of Middlesbrough. Right, that would make I, sense. Yeah, I may have made this up, but that's my that was my first introduction to the world of uh, honorary degrees. <laughs> Looking forward to receiving mine from Sutton College or whatever in the next few years. <laughs> yes, this is correct. He got one at University of Teesside, honours Steve McLaren. So it was soon after he was made England manager. Oh, nice. Um, you know, he got them to... They'd won the Carling Cup, got to UEFA Cup final. Mm. So did, he get one, did he get one from the University of... 20. He got a 2-2 from both of them. Hope so, hope so. Let's find out. Oh yeah, University of 20. There you go. Public Technical University. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Right, moving on to some more commentary quirks from the FA Cup weekend. Alexander Ward and several others pointed to me in the direction of Match of the Day commentator Sohel Sahi, making a bold claim at the start of the highlights of Boreham Wood's win over AFC Wimbledon. Here comes Marsh, he's onside. Opportunity, early chance for what? For a word! Oh, what a strike! What a lovely goal from Tyrone Marsh! And Boreham Wood have one foot in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Now, Dave, the concept of having one foot in the next round is a well-established one. Mm-hmm. Can you have one foot in the next round after scoring in the 10th minute? Definitely not if it's only 1-0. Too far to go for that. Charlie, he's been sucked in by the magic of the FA Cup there, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he has. It sounds too premeditated. It sounds like you're so desperate for this thing to happen that you're, you're reaching, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. But, but what could be more magical than that? <laughs> but what's, the, um, what's the threshold then? Well, interesting... Ross Basham has written in, and he's he's uh, supplied us with the threshold, he said. Uh, my question to the panel, when is it appropriate to have one foot in the next round? I reckon it should work on a sliding scale 
depending on how many goals the team is ahead. If you take a one goal lead in the 75th minute, one foot in the next round. Take a two goal lead in the 50th minute, one foot in the next round. Take a three goal lead in the 25th minute, one foot in the next round. Quite a brutal sliding scale, but I can't really mm. argue with its logic. The only one there that sticks out is that if 3-0 up after 25 minutes, you've got more than one foot in the next round, I think. All but through. Mm. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I mean, maybe that's more of a kind of two-leg situation, Charlie. You're all but through if you take a commanding first-leg lead. Yeah. But maybe not a mid-game thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I think it probably can be either. But I mean, more than one foot is quite funny. It's like... Well, what then? Two feet? I mean, what's more, what's more if than? If you said like a foot and a toe, that's too twee. I, you, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want any of that. Yeah, idea. yeah, mm. but I, I wouldn't rule that out. So, but the the one foot in the next round concept, however we define it, Dave. When you get to the final, what does it then become? One hand on the trophy. Yeah, I was just thinking that, and you have that with Premier League, you know, with run-ins as well, don't you? They've got one hand on the trophy after that. 2-0 win away at Sunderland. Absolutely right. I should have saved this for the uh, 2022 Football Clichés quiz, actually. <laughs> uh, that would have been a good one. Um, but yeah, open and shut case. I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I think it just got carried away. I think we can we can all agree on that mm. one. But yeah, important to get these things right. Important to get these things. Anything could have happened in the last 80 minutes of that. <laughs> this is from Jacob Chesterton. I want to play the clip first because it's very innocuous sounding. I'll give you the background afterwards. This is from Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. Johnson waiting in the centre. Zinkenagel wants the ball, has got the ball. Listen to the crowd. And the deflection is going to take it harmlessly into the arms of Burnt Enno. Good ball, McKenna. Good run, callback. Poor defending from Cedric. He's caught ball watching a little bit. Take nothing away from the pass from McKenna and the run. Now, Charlie, we, we're well accustomed to hearing that chant and, mm. and all its regional variations over the years. But Jacob is wondering, can we discuss if it's acceptable for the crowd to chant, sing, say, your shit ah, or its variants, when the goalkeeper rolls it out of their hands? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen that before. But I do wonder if this is fans evolving with the way that modern football is evolving. <laughs> and given, you know, you you, end, you host a team like Arsenal and, and it's less likely they are just going to hoof it long in the way that... You know, it wasn't even become, a goal kick. We've become accustomed to it. No, it wasn't. So, But maybe if you really want to do the your shit ah, which, you know, for a lot of fans is quite satisfying, maybe... You know, now you have to do it. Because, you know, if you host Man City or something, you're going to have to do it when Edison plays a kind of shorter pass or fizzes <laughs> one 70 yards straight on the head of someone. So it, it's odd, but I don't know. Is that just where football's going now? Dave, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't. Th I think this should be a... This is a mountain to Mohammed situation. The, the, the game can change, but the chance would stay the same. Correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here, but it really, it, the... The only place that I really like that is from goal kicks or free kick. You know, ball on the ground, keeper maybe taps the post with his with his studs and then runs up and kicks the ball. Gives you that opportunity for the long, oh. Whereas usually you wouldn't do it because the keeper would just get the ball, kick it out, roll it out. Wouldn't be much of a build-up, wouldn't be much of a thing. But on this example, he did give them the option because he kind of paced around, looked around, okay. went to sort of faint to roll it out and didn't. And it gave them that chance to to build it up, but it just doesn't have that same impact, does it? Well, also, there is an important difference, actually, because part of the reason it works kind of rhythmically is you get the ah is long enough for the ball to kind of travel up in the air, and that, that okay. works in sync really well. With mm -hmm. this one, it's a short pass. The defender's got the ball and is dribbling forward while the fans are still going ah. Mm, so it, it's just not as in sync. 
I think it's only saving graces that the the kind of the recoil of the arm to roll it out perhaps does lend itself slightly to the mm. chance. It gives a little bit of something to grip onto mm. rhythmically. A bit, just not quite as much. But there's yeah. not that there's not that moment of impact when the ball's kicked, and that's when you can go into the your shit ah. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't like it. I don't like it. But something's got to change, and it can't be the game. So it have to be the chant. Moving on, Matt Viney just had my mind blown hearing this phrase by a non-football commentator. Uh, and before we play the clip, a rare approved piece of wrestling audio from the Football Clichés hmm. podcast. This is from second tier wrestling event AW Rampage. And the clash, can I call it a clash, Dave, approved? <laughs> yeah. Fine. Between Adam Cole and Jake Atlas. Well, I mentioned Atlas's collegiate career. He was a gymnast and he has transition to the world of pro wrestling with great aplomb. Look at this, yeah, we got a, a lot of action going on. Caught him right in the face with the pump kick. Pump kick, and now walks right in. Oh. <laughs> That's the threshold to get wrestling on the Football Clichés podcast, Dave. Aplomb. 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 From the Americans as well. I realised when you had this on the running order that I don't actually know what the word aplomb means. I obviously just... <laughs> instinctively know how to use yeah, it when sure. talking about football it finishes that with a plot with a plot so i googled it and the official definition is self-confidence or assurance especially when in a demanding situation mm. so that example i suppose does actually technically work from what the commentator has just said he's taken to a new thing which would be a demanding situation with confidence but it doesn't feel right to me. I agree. Charlie, how do you feel? Well, yeah, I mean, it is one of those words, isn't it? Where I just, yeah, like with all of these, you're trying to imagine using them in real life. And that's quite funny. Um, Maybe they know, use it wrestling all the time. Maybe they you, use it wrestling yeah, all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it's I've exclusive. never heard it before. Yeah, I don't uh, know if it's exclusively yeah. a football thing or just a general sport thing. Um, you could you could almost use the football version in wrestling, given the fact that, you know, wrestling <clears throat> matches tend to have a finishing move of some description you could actually say he's finished him with a plum with a plum yeah what would be an aplomby wrestling move dave or any sort of no, some sort of strike yes yeah, anything some sort of oh people like yeah. elegant throw of some sort like throwing them over their shoulder and then landing yeah anything that's sort of crisp and mm. yeah smooth yeah well that's the wrestling quota for 2022 <laughs> um i'm glad we had it honestly i didn't know there was a second tier of american wrestling and uh, I'm well i think i think you may well have opened pandora's box now <laughs> there's going to be all sorts of <laughs> listeners because i think the venn yeah. diagram between football cliches listeners and wrestling fans is probably bigger than you might like to think depressingly <laughs> so a lot of in and arounding in the yeah. uh, second the simpsons is that venn diagram and it really will be the end of the world it's um, quite it's quite nice that aplomb is you with that definition the self-confidence or assurance especially when in a demanding situation we 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 are using aplomb really really well you know fair play to it, it's a it's a weird word but it is kind of the most used in a lot of situations you know that that is what often someone is doing when they finish with aplomb too right more under analyzed situations here michael robertson has alerted me to angel correa's 51 yard wonder goal for atletico madrid against villarreal a textbook halfway line goal contender it has all the ingredients flailing goalkeeper charlie and all the rest of it very very solid entry to the genre yeah sure yeah sure but crucially michael robertson points out you can't have this after 10 minutes he's right <laughs> goals like that shouldn't happen in the 10th that minute that's got to be late on the game stretched. It's all gone a bit crazy. Dave, when you think of a nine, when you think of a halfway mm. line goal, what's the first one that comes to mind? Well, obviously Beckham is nineteenth minute. Nineteenth yeah. minute. Yeah. 
But is that actually the outlier? No. If you think of some of the others. Like, Xabi Alonso's of, like, were... Alonso's was like in the middle of the game. No, the Luton one was right at the end. Was it? Okay. Yeah, if right If I'd at had the, the time, I would have worked out the average minute of, like, say, the top 10 most favourites. Charlie Adam against Chelsea. When was the... Yeah, that was early. That was in the first half. Let's Pat- find out. Patrick Schick. Well, that was first half as well. Oh, second half, wasn't it? Yeah. No, that was, that was a game settler, wasn't it? Schick was the second. I thought it was first half. All right, Charlie Adam, first of all. I'm that was first that, half. I'm sure I'm that was. terrified that this might be the case. That was a first half equaliser. March. Charlie Adam, on, on the stroke of half time, yeah. actually, which kind of, I don't think necessarily disproves my Oh, because it's late in the half. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, fuck it. You know, it's nearly mm. half time. I'll go for it. That's fine. Patrick Schick... 52 minutes. 52 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So it was the settler, but it was early. So, But yeah, Xabi Alonso was late. And then the one against Newcastle, I think it was like 70, late 70s or something. That Xabi Alonso, Newcastle one. Naeem from the halfway line, obviously it was 120th minute. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I still think it's a predominantly yeah, late it was thing, but... 79th yeah. minute. The yeah. um, that Xabi Alonso one exactly. So it's, yeah, the legs are going. The game stretched, and it's when time was, to try um, something wacky. When mm. was Pele's the one that didn't go in? <laughs> <laughs> How the oh, I'll go find the live blog. <laughs> uh, genuinely, no idea. Um, I mean, but the looks of it, it didn't look late in the game. Pele's one, and uh, if anyone was going to try that piece of impudence mid-game, it was probably yeah. him. It, but this, I think, this is it. This is a crucial <laughs> distinction. It's a there's a hail mary aspect to it, or you know, we're already one. I'm just going to try something out, you know, mm. out of the blue. Because I feel like without any evidence to back this up, I'm, I bet John Joe Shelby's tried to do this in the 10th minute at some point. We, we should rule out, on a, on a technicality, we should rule out, Charlie, all goals scored directly from kickoff. Because that's that's not really that's not football. Oh yeah, that's not that's not play, a thing. Yeah, that, that's not that doesn't count as an early goal, is what I'm saying. That's like a micro early goal. Doesn't count. You, but you, there definitely is something in the fact that there are certain goals. It's weird when they're scored in a weird way. So, like, con- when I think of consolation goals, for instance, they tend to be hit with anger to me. And I may be imposing that, but I think, of like, you know, they're kind of smashed yeah, in. Yeah. One of the weirdest consolation goals, Graham Lasso's from going back to January 98. And in fact, this was an FA Cup third round match. A, very, a magical one. They, they lost 5-3. He scores this the most delicate, delightful chip over Schmeichel to make it 5-3. And that goal, to me... It's just so weird to do that when you're losing 5-2. I just think surely you just smash your foot through it. And I'm sure there's a disproportionate number of consolation goals that hit really hard and with anger. Do you think, Mm. though, that from a technique perspective, Dave... The reason why this happens is because there's a kind of pressure off situation. There isn't, there isn't kind of the sporting arousal that you get from a tight game. It's essentially, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, this... um... Uh, this is a really niche example, but Watford were losing. Unlike Graham Rousseau think, from ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, I think Watford were losing four nil at home. Somehow losing four nil to Huddersfield uh, two, a couple of seasons ago in the Premier League, and Abdoulaye Decoré scored an absolutely absurd half volley from like thirty yards. It like looped up into the air, like sort of like the Paul's goals against Villa mm. sort of scenario. But he waited mm. till he waited to hit it on the half volley, and it sort of just shot into the top corner. And you think you would never. Have tried to do yeah. that if it, if it was nil nil, well, but there's nothing to lose. I'll just, just fucking just put my foot through it, see what happens. You're not going to be bursting into the box when you're losing heavily, mm. Charlie. I mean, the, you're not going to be in those positions. You're not really going to be gunning for it, are you? So yeah. long shots also make more sense. But there's one that like that that Tom Huddleston scores when Spurs are three one down against Arsenal. And it's about half, and it's 
coming up to half time and he hits a left footed half volley from at that 30 yards that he actually looks angry as he hits it he's still angry as it goes in he's kind of like can't quite believe it's gone in but that that's more what i expect from when you're losing think fuck it to have the lasso's uh, kind of finesse you're right you might think fuck it i'll try it but you th- if you're thinking fuck it you think i'm just gonna hit this as hard as i can and it and the, the angry constellations, they bleed into the celebration as well, Charlie. I, I yeah. obviously realise yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't celebrate it because obviously the game is gone, but there's Ten an element run. of kind of fury about it as well. So exactly. Like, yeah. It just you works know. so much better. Yeah, I agree. And I do always think that with, with it must be weird when you score an amazing goal that's only a constellation. It must be quite annoying that you can't <laughs> properly celebrate. You still get the physical satisfaction of hitting a ball like that, though, which I think still is... And I guess real, the anger the must feel quite of good of being yeah. like, yeah, that's fuck you. Thing. All the rest is flaff. This begs the question, has a consolation goal ever won goal of the season or goal of the month? Great question. I'd be stunned because it because they, they care about context so much. Mm. So it can be like a big important goal in like an FA Cup semi-final or it can be a random goal from a random league game. But it will always have to be a, not a decisive goal, for, but for the team who are winning at that point or something. But I, it, I, I genuinely, I would put my house on it not being a consolation goal in the Let's find out. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we hanging around for? Goal of the How are we going to find this out? Goal of the season. I'll yeah, that'll be for. easy. We'll easily be able to say if they've got station goals or not. But, yeah, absolutely. But, but there's, there is something in this that they maybe shouldn't. There, it seems justifiable they shouldn't because, as we're saying, it's easier to be like, fuck it, when the pressure's mm. off. You know, I'd love to see Graham Nassau scoring that chip when it really mattered. Right. Um, 1970 goal of the season was Ernie Hunt's donkey kick. <laughs> Um, free kick. Let's do it from when we can actually just instantly say whether it's a consolation. Donkey. Oh, it hasn't got the times of the goals. What do you mean, on it, donkey want... kick? What, uh, like a back heel? Behind him. Yeah, he flicks it up behind him with his heels. <laughs> donkey kick. Oh, no, someone else flicked it up, sorry, and he volleyed it in. Okay. I don't know why he gets the credit. Surely the other yeah. guy should. But uh, that was one of a brace that he scored in that game, and they won 3 1, so not a consolation. Ronnie Radford, not a consolation. Peter Rosgood against Arsenal in the FA Cup in 1972 3. Don't think it was a consolation. I'm going to guess and say not a consolation. <laughs> Alan Muller, do you know what? I remember the celebrations of these, so I know they weren't consolations. Mullery's absurd volley for Fulham against Leicester, not a consolation. Mickey Walsh, Blackball against Sunderland, not a consolation. Jerry Francis against Liverpool, I'm not, I can't do 50 goals here, can I? How, what's the. You've started. Oh, actually, oh, I've got one. I've got one. Oh, no, my house. <laughs> Not a consolation, but Matt Letizia's one against for Southampton against Blackburn, I'm pretty sure, is a deficit reducer. Because oh. the way he celebrates is a kind of, this is a, come on, boys, let's fucking get back into this. Right, let's find out. It was at Blackburn, of course. 92, 93, but probably the following No, season, no, 94, 95. 94, 95? Yeah. On my birthday, 10th of December. Okay, fair enough. Ooh, this is... What a moment this could be. It's the 78th minute. They, Blackburn went up 3-1 in the 74th minute and then in the 78th minute, Letizia reduced it from 3-1 to 3-2. Because he points for someone to go and get the ball, doesn't he? I don't, you can, it's not a consolation in a 3-2, is it? I don't think. Not a consolation. House remains secure. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, it, just... it will have been described in, I reckon, in a match report, it would have said... Letizia with a late consolation. It's it's at that sort of threshold. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter for the execution and celebration of the goal, does it, though? Does it? True. But his celebration is very much a, I'm not celebrating this. Go, so, yeah, he's saying to, to Jim and Jilson, go and get the ball. Go and get the ball. Yeah, so he's not treating it as a consolation. Absolutely not. Thank God. Thank God for that. Looking down this list, Dalian Atkinson's little chip. Not a consolation. Rod Wallace. 
Tony Yeboah, of course, Trevor Sinclair, Dennis Bergkamp against Leicester, Ryan Giggs, Paolo Di Canio, Sean Bartlett's volley for Charlton. Remember him celebrating that properly. Dennis Bergkamp against Newcastle. That was two, putting two nil up. Interesting. Chiro Henry's solo goal against Spurs at Highbury. Good. Dietmar Haman volley for Liverpool against Portsmouth. I don't remember that. I don't remember he that. celebrated what? it, didn't he? Unlikely was to that? be a consolation. That was 03-04. Wayne Rooney for Manchester United against Middlesbrough. That was fine. Gerrard in the FA Cup final against West Ham. Wayne Rooney against Bolton, which I think was a counter-attack. Oh, yeah, no. That, that was in a 4-0 win, so... Yeah. Adebayor's volley for Arsenal against Spurs at White Hart Lane. That was a game settler. Made it yeah. 3-1. Glenn Johnson's absurd volley for Portsmouth against Hull. Um, he goes mad after that. Yeah. Maynard Figueroa, silly goal for Wigan against Stoke. Well, silly little one. goal. That was, a, that, was, that was a halfway, like a... Yeah, that in, was a... In his own half. Well, linking back to the original question, yeah. That, that was fairly early in the game, actually, so... Mm. Wayne Rooney's bicycle kicking the Manchester Derby, fine. Papi Cisse for Newcastle at Chelsea, was in, they won that game. Van Persie's volley for Manchester United against Villa. Wilshire, Arsenal, Norwich... Wilshire, Arsenal, West Brom. That was a that was a hammering, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a hammering. Yeah. Delhi Alley for Spurs against Crystal Palace. Also fine. Emery Chan, Liverpool, Watford. Dave, one 0 victory. There you go. Jamie Vardy, Leicester against West Brom. Celebrated that in his customary style. Vincent Company, Manchester against Manchester City against Leicester was a bullet to seal the title, wasn't it? Yep. Son Heung Min, Spurs against Burnley. That was in a five 0 And Eric Lamella's Rabona. opener. There you go. That's it. So, so that is the closest. I think Letizia's is the closest. Yeah. And that's but not overall so- discrimination against consolation goals. Poor Graham Lasso. Poor Graham. I mean, that would have been up there. Genuinely, the it's a really, goal, really, really it? good goal. Yeah. Though it does also tie into the Schmeichel getting lobbed all the time, mm. uh, which the revisionists. I think does isn't Coxie on that train? The uh, oh. Schmeichel wasn't actually that good and got lobbed all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I once made an entire compilation of all the times he's been chipped in, pre- in the in Premier League era. <laughs> and there's way more than you think. None of and some ways just in weird positions. Mm. Like, what are you doing there? Mm. Made it, making himself too big, if anything. Great discussion. Great discussion. <laughs> well done both. Hope Michael Robertson is leaving this podcast sated with that one. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. European football manager news. Charlie, Fatty Terim has left Galatasaray. He's still... Well... What? Let me just let me just uh, run you down <laughs> the last 30 years of his oh, career. Oh, he's only 68. I thought he'd be he's about yeah, 80 exactly. by now. Turkey, Galatasaray, Fiorentina Milan, 
Galatasaray Turkey, Galatasaray Turkey, Galatasaray. <laughs> I wonder where he's going. <laughs> Turkey managed by Stefan Kuntz now, of course. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, actually. Yeah. But get yourself over to the Premier League, Fatty Tarim. You're only 68. Dave, where would you, where could he go in the Premier League? I mean, obviously Watford, right? <laughs> well, you said it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been that crass about their managerial. I um, think before before strategy. we appointed Ranieri, I would have said no, he's not our type. But now, I mean, any any we could get anyone, and and we lose the, the lose the three games we've got coming up in the next week. We could very well be in that situation. He's available. He's available. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the emperor, the emperor. What an absurd nickname that is, Charlie. He was linked with Everton in the summer, actually. Before Benitez's no. Yeah, the funny thing is, actually, uh, the reason I think he's so old is because I first remember him at Euro 96 when I thought he was really old. But he, he'd only have been like his early 40s then. But maybe just the imperial nature of him gave him an added gravitas. If he did come into Watford and then brought Danny Rose back in from the cold, could we have a Emperor's New Rose headline? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> sure thing. Make uh, it happen. I'd love to see him in the Premier League. Love to see him. Might still happen. Might still happen. I want to come slightly full circle for this podcast and return to the magic of the FA Cup. Because, um, Charlie, we're so accustomed to hearing players talk about how they crowded around a TV at home or in their local village to watch the FA Cup when they were kids. But Wolves manager Bruno Large has put a very interesting spin on this ahead of their 3-0 win over Sheffield United. When asked if the FA Cup still carried the prestige it once did, Large said, for sure. When I look back to my youth, if you remember, there was a computer called the Spectrum. I remember the FA Cup. On the game on the Spectrum, I played in the FA Cup and it was the first trophy I won on the computer. (laughs) This is great. A lovely little variation on the theme. Yeah. Try telling those imagined Spectrum fans that the <laughs> FA Cup doesn't matter. It's a good good way of him showing that it still matters by harking back to something he did, what, 30, 40 years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> very, good, very good point, actually. Yeah, there is something self-defeating about these, uh, these anecdotes. Dave, but yeah, the Spectrum. I don't think I've ever heard a Premier League manager even refer to any sort of console before. No, definitely not. And that's hardcore as well, isn't it? That's really early adopter. Like that was eighties, right? With the, is that a cassette tape one? I think. Yeah, or floppy disks. Yeah, something like right. that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, fair play to him. I wonder if he's kept up his gaming um, appetite over the years. Hope so. This leads me into some genuinely worrying scenes from Molyneux afterwards. However, Charlie, you'll remember from last week we talked to Jonathan Liu about the scourge that is little fans carrying signs requesting players' shirts. A video emerged after Wolves 3-0 win over Sheffield United where Connor Cody was walking over to give a young fan his shirt after the final whistle. And yet, in another cynical blow to this cottage industry, the kid revealed that he had a double-sided sign with Raul Jimenez on the other side, hedging his bets. That is disgrace. There was an incident yesterday even worse at Spurs where... Um, Jonathan Veal at PA alerted me to this. I can't remember the exact wording, but there was something to the effect that a fan in the crowd had something like, can I have a shirt, please, or your shirt, please? Just really vague. Just basically, was like, I'll take anything. That I mean, is... ha- that's not going to... It's like it's like if you want to get someone to play for your five-a-side team, don't send a message on like a WhatsApp group of 10, 15 people. Pick people out individually. Yes. Really try and wear them down. And same with asking for a shirt. You can't just generally chuck it out to everyone. That's right. Dave, you wouldn't write to Santa Claus and say, oh, you know, can I have a present <laughs> this year? Uh, no, of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. I mean, I- I'm not disputing that this this young kid may well 
treat Conor Cody and Raul Jimenez as, as equal heroes in his own mind. But FA Cup, one. FA Cup game though. Maybe he was unsure of what the starting lineup would be. <laughs> he better have had a tinfoil FA Cup as well. <laughs> he should have had a three-sided. In homage to Bruno Large's victory on the Spectrum all those years ago. <laughs> I want to end on this absolutely absurd situation. Dave Gillingham have parted company with manager Steve Evans uh, this weekend and his assistant Paul Rayner. They tweeted out the usual solemn club statement. Their picture of choice was their ball just sat on the turf with Priestfield in the background. One of the replies, this is genuinely sensational. And if it is indeed genuine, hope so, hope so. From Joanne Edwards, diehard Gillingham fan Joe Edwards. Can someone ask him if my husband can have his Gillingham merchandise, especially his bench coat, as the Jill shop don't do his size, but Steve's would defo fit him? All the best to them both. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anything like that before. It's the, it's, it's the deluxe natural progression for the asking a player for his shirt culture. It's asking a sax manager for all of his kits because the club shop doesn't stop the right size for your husband. Yeah. I, I, I think this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's a bench coat. Steve Evans is a famously large man, so perhaps that's the issue. They don't stock the, you know, they don't, they yeah, don't stock the large enough. But I would, have, I would have thought that football football bench coats would have, definitely, mm. any selling anything to football fans, you've got to allow for yeah. the triple XL. Yeah, but sensational scenes from the Medway, Charlie. Do we know if they've replied? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is there a response? No, but they oh. will. They will. <laughs> they will. Well, that, with well, a quote, well, with a classy quote, they? T. But will they? Because it's it's not the sort of thing you can really joke about. The manager's been sacked. You can't really launch. You can't really pounce on this for banter, can you? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're no. in a really tricky position <laughs> really here. Really sticky situation. Also, what would happen in that situation? Would Steve have to give? Would Steve have to return the the uh, the you know all the kit wear what, like, to the club? Like clearing out your desk. Yeah. True. Does that include <laughs> not yours? Leaving apparel behind. <laughs> yeah. You get sacked by the athletic. You've got to give you Lenovo laptop back, haven't you? You can't and just take it with you. Exactly. But do you have to give back your hoodie and face mask? <laughs> no, that's a good point. I've lost my face mask and my hoodie uh, has disappeared. So um, yeah, if, yeah, if he if he doesn't hands. have to give it back, then a journeyman manager such as such as um, Steve Evans or indeed Fatty Tareem, have they just got like a wardrobe full of bench coats? <laughs> A walk-in wardrobe. <laughs> loads of rippled coats. Um, Bench coat is such a good word for that. Yeah. I think the only classy conclusion to this, Dave, is that Steve Evans sort of publicly mm. presents... Mr. Edwards, if that is indeed his name, with his mm. big bench coat and says, no hard feelings, love my time at the club, I guess. Yeah. Two yeah, years. Definitely. Fantastic. Well, wonderful adjudication panel. Thanks to you, David Walker. Thank you. And thanks to you, Charlie. Get yourself away. <laughs> Get yourself away. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to be jauntily singing that for the, for the rest of the day. I, it's, it's changed my life. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you later in the week. Bye-bye. The Athletic. <laughs>